The following program is a presentation of Grand Slam Ministries. Hi again, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Dan Scott Show, our 51st episode. And Merry Christmas to you and yours wherever you are and whenever you may be checking out episode 51. We are airing on Christmas Eve weekend, so on the Life FM Network, you're getting us on Saturday the 23rd, and everywhere else you're getting us on Christmas Eve. So it is a uh, distinct pleasure and an honor that you would take uh, a portion of this season and share it with us here on the Dan Scott Show. Brought to you, as always, by our 501c3 nonprofit Grand Slam Ministries. Thank you for checking us out. We've got a a different show for you today because I, I don't have a guest and it's not a previous talk that I've given in the sense that I'm going to play you a recording of a talk I gave at a church. I actually have one of our Sunday school lessons that I have done over the years called Mary Did You Know. You're very familiar with the song, I'm sure. And every year, our lead Sunday school teacher, where I go to church, Don Harper, at this time does a lesson called Mary Did You Know, where there were four years where he was out of town and he entrusted me to do that lesson, no matter what track of study we are on. For instance, right now we are in the book of 1 Samuel, but we're taking a break in 1 Samuel to do Mary Did You Know, and Don is teaching it in our Sunday school class this week. I have developed my own version of that when he's given me the opportunity And I want to share that with you today because we asked some intriguing questions that I think will make you think. And we'll get into that when we come back in just a moment. Also, at the end of the program, I'll give you an update on the uh, Christmas project that we've been working on, the family that we've been helping, and tell you how you can help further our ministry moving in to 2024. But let's step aside. Let's hear something about Grand Slam Ministries And then we'll come back and get into Mary Did You Know. Don't go away. Every day there are children who leave school on Friday and eat little, and sometimes nothing, until they come back to school on Monday. It happens in every community, including yours. Many of these children live in circumstances that deprive them of basic needs necessary for a quality life. At Grand Slam Ministries, we want to change that. We want to invest in our children, giving them hope for the future. That investment includes necessities such as food, clothing, school supplies, and a safe environment to play, to study, to live. Please visit our website, GrandSlamMinistries.org, to find out more about our ministry and how you can help. We're just getting started. Will you come alongside us for the children's sake? Again, that's GrandSlamMinistries.org. Want to see a listing of our affiliates? Check out videos or listen to past shows and explore our archives? It's all available at our website, danscottshow.org. And now, 
Back to the show. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Dan Scott Show, episode 51. If you know math and you know the calendar, that means next week, the show that airs on New Year's Eve weekend will be episode 52, and that is one year worth of programs. Can you believe it that we have been doing this for a year? Still working on what that show is going to be, but I just want to thank all of you for your continued uh, listenership and support, no matter when you have jumped on board. Some of you have been here from the very beginning. Others have come on lately. But uh, all of you can find out more about everything that we stand for at Grand Slam Ministries and catch previous episodes of the show by going to danscottshow.org. The Affiliates and Archives page there has everything that uh, you need to find previous episodes and some SoundCloud bonus material and then, of course, the Grand Slam Ministries site is a page at danscottshow.org. Check it out and uh, contact us. Let us know what you think. You can contact us through the website or you can send me an email, dan at danscottshow.org. Let's get into today's lesson. And as I mentioned at the beginning, Don Harper, uh, my Sunday school teacher, for the entire time I've been going to Utica Baptist Church, which is going on about 13 years now, um, he does this lesson every year. And, and four times when he's been out of town, I've had the privilege of, of being able to pick up this, this mantle around Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, depending on where that particular Sunday falls on the calendar. And, of course, put my own spin on it. And, and that's what I want to bring to you today. You're all very familiar with the song, Mary Did You Know, written by Mark Lowry. A lot of great versions of it. My favorite version is an a cappella version by a group called Pentatonics, and, and they released this version of Mary Did You Know in 2014. So before we go any further, I actually want you to hear the Pentatonics version of Mary Did You Know. And as you're listening to this, I really want you to, to start allowing your mind to grasp the lyrics and just you've heard this song many times I know but as you're listening to it what comes to mind here's the pentatonics version of Mary did you know Baby boy would one day walk on water 
As I said, I truly love that version of the song, and, and I hope that it's put you in the proper spirit, proper frame of mind as we move forward. You know, the most popular telling of the Christmas story is in Luke 2, and in just a, a few moments we'll look at Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 14, but I want to go back to chapter 1 of the book of Luke for just a moment, when the angel Gabriel visited both Zacharias and Mary, because there is a really intriguing comparison between Mary's response to the angel and that of Zacharias. Now, remember, Zacharias was considered a righteous and obedient priest, and he and his wife Elizabeth had been praying for a son for a long, long time. But years had gone by, they were old, and using biblical terminology, Elizabeth was barren. She could not have children. So imagine the surprise of Zacharias when he was burning incense in the temple, which, by the way, was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for a priest. Zacharias is suddenly standing in the presence of the angel Gabriel. Here's what Luke 1 verses 13 through 17 says. And I'll warn you up front, all of the Bible verses I'm going to be doing through this lesson are coming from the King James Version. I know that many of you use different versions, but there are some stories I think are best told out of the King James, and this is one. So Luke 1 verses 13 through 17 read like this. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias, or Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, of course, this child was John the Baptist, who was the one who was the predecessor, the one who would lead the way for the coming of the Messiah, which, as we know, was Jesus Christ. So Zacharias then asked a very simple question, and it's a question that I think in his circumstance— probably every single one of us would have asked, how? How was this going to happen, given the circumstances between he and his wife Elizabeth, their age and the fact that she's not been able to have children their entire married lives? How is this going to happen? Here's 
what Zacharias said in Luke 1, verses 18 through 22. And Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. Guys, I'm just going to pause here. That's not a phrase that you probably in this day and age want to say about your wife. Verse 19, And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zacharias, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple, and he kept making signs to them and remained mute. So because of his unbelief, Zacharias would not be able to speak until John the Baptist was born. So fast forward in the same chapter, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 33, when Gabriel visits Mary and delivers some startling news to her. Here's what the scripture says. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So what does Mary do? when she gets this startling revelation from the angel Gabriel. Well, in effect, she does the very same thing that Zacharias did. In verse 34, she said, How will this be, since I'm a virgin? But this time, Gabriel offers an explanation and not a punishment. In verses 35 through 38, It reads, And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So Zacharias is punished, and Mary isn't, both for basically asking the same question. So it raises the question, why was Mary treated differently than Zacharias by the angel Gabriel? A Bible study teacher that I really, really like named David Guzik in his commentary on this said the following, quote, Mary's question was logical. She asked the same question Zacharias asked, but his question was asked in skeptical unbelief, while Mary's question was asked in wonder-filled faith, unquote. And 
I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this point, but I do think it's important to point out the depth of what Mary was getting into here. She was betrothed to Joseph, which while they technically weren't married yet, it was a binding marriage contract. So for Mary to show up pregnant not only would have brought her public shame and scorn in that culture, but according to Jewish law, it could have cost Mary her life. Deuteronomy 22, verses 23 and 24 says, If a damsel that is a virgin be betrothed unto a husband, and a man find her in the city and lie with her, then ye shall bring them out unto the gate of that city, and you shall stone them with stones until they die. The damsel, because she cried not, being in the city, and the man, because he hath humbled his neighbor's wife, so thou shalt put away evil from among you. So Mary could have very well, under the law and the culture of that day, found herself in danger of losing her life because she was pregnant by, as it turns out, we know the Holy Spirit. The world did not know that. They knew that she was betrothed to Joseph, and Joseph knew that he wasn't the father of this child. So Mary was in a very uh, difficult predicament. But man, what faith that she had, right? Just incredible faith. And, and Joseph, as we know, had no intention of having Mary stoned, but the Bible says that he did consider quietly ending their marriage contract. But then, as we know, Joseph was visited by an angel as well, laying out exactly what was happening. And because of that, Mary and Joseph both willingly took on this immense responsibility. Joseph would be the earthly father to Jesus. Mary would be bearing the Son of God. So that brings us to the text in Luke chapter 2, the most familiar telling of the story of the birth of Jesus. And verses 1 through 7 read this way, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end or in the inn. You know, I heard um, a, a bit of a message from Chuck Swindoll earlier this week, and he was talking about just the massive improbability and the fact that, humanly speaking, at that time, this story didn't make sense. And he pointed out that Joseph, being a, a good Jew, very likely knew the prediction or the prophecy in Micah that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Well, Joseph lived in Nazareth, which was about 90 miles away from Bethlehem. And so if you start taking all of that into consideration from a humanly uh, standpoint, none of this made any sense, especially to Joseph. 
but he took on the responsibility anyway. And as we know, God was directing his steps, Mary's steps, and getting them to Bethlehem through the use of a pagan ruler, Caesar Augustus. So that's verses 1 through 7. For verses 8 through 14, I am bringing in a little bit of celebrity help, something that I'm sure very many of you are extremely familiar with. You've heard and seen time after time, I'm sure, a Charlie Brown Christmas. Here is Linus Van Pelt to get us through verses 8 through 14 and the lead up to that. You're hopeless, Charlie Brown, completely hopeless. Rats! You've been dumb before, Charlie Brown, but this time you really did it. <laughs> what a treat! I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. I have always been a huge fan of the Peanuts, the comic strip, and, of course, the the television specials. And, you know, for 56 straight years, the birth of Christ was announced in primetime on television in that manner, through a Charlie Brown Christmas until last year when Apple TV decided not to let PBS air it. It's still available through the Apple TV pay service, but for the first 50-plus years, it aired on ABC. And when Charles Schultz first put this together, he was begged by people not to put the biblical story in A Charlie Brown Christmas, but he held steadfast and had written into the contract that as long as ABC ran that special, they could not cut out Linus's reading of those verses. And it was, as I mentioned, announced in primetime for over 50 years, about 56 straight years, including the the two or three years that it aired on PBS after ABC sold it to Apple Television. Charles Schultz became a Christian after coming home from World War II, and Linus was always his theological spokesman in the Peanuts comic strip. And while there's some question as to whether he maintained his faith in the last years of his life, there's no denying the biblical overtones 
in the Peanuts and in a Charlie Brown Christmas, the true meaning of Christmas was done through a cartoon in a way that even a child could understand. But there was a a subtle message inside that, and this obviously doesn't play out so well on radio, so I'll do my best to explain it. But if you go to YouTube, for instance, and you get to that video of Linus giving that speech, and you start the video at the same place that I did, which was with the other children making fun of Charlie Brown, you'll, you'll be able to kind of follow along with what we're talking about here. But as you know, Linus never went anywhere without his security blanket. But during his quoting of those verses from Luke chapter 2, he had what has become known as his drop-the-blanket moment. About 39 seconds into that clip that I played, when he utters the words, fear not, what does Linus do? He drops the blanket. And it was Charles Schultz's subtle way of telling us that because of Jesus Christ, we have nothing to fear. So what he's telling us is that Linus finally let go and he had no reason to fear. And and as you continue to watch the clip, Linus is getting bolder and bolder as he's speaking, raising his hands toward the heavens and the blanket is lying on the ground beside him. And to me, as, as I put this together for the first time a number of years ago, It brought up the question, and it's a question I'm going to ask you. What are we holding on to when it comes to God's will for our lives? Or more importantly, what are we afraid to let go of? And when I ask this question in the Sunday school setting, you get a lot of different answers, and most of them point back to what I believe is the answer. We are afraid to let go of control of our circumstances. And I always ask if anyone in the audience has had their own drop-the-blanket moment. And I'll ask you, have you had a moment where you set fear aside and totally surrendered to God's will? And if you did... I just want you to think about that for a moment and and think about the anxiety that you may have had leading up to that and then how God took that anxiety away and filled you with with his spirit and the strength you needed in that moment to, to let go, to release control of whatever it was and and try to remember that because... There's more to this after his big moment on stage. What did Linus do? He picked up his blanket again. He picked up his security and went right back to doing things the way that he had always done them. You know, sometimes when we are faced with a crisis of faith, our faith is tested in a major way. And we have our own drop-the-blanket moment in which we, re- we respond in a Christ-like manner. But when the spotlight is off, 
and that moment has passed, what do we do? What, what have I done? I'll, I'll frame it that way because I can only speak for myself. When the spotlight is off, that moment has passed, I tend to go right back to whatever my security blanket is. I pick it up again. And that's always accompanied by a lack of faith. And, and you know, it, it's pretty incredible, intriguing, whatever word you want to use, that there are numerous examples of this in the Bible. You know, I, I think, first of all, of the story of Elijah and, and his victory victory over the, the prophets of Baal. You remember the story on the mountain. He, he said, hey, you pray to your gods, I'll pray to my God. We'll find out who the true God is. And they set up these altars to to have God answer by fire. And Elijah soaked his with barrels and barrels and barrels of water to the point that it was filling up the trench that they had dug around it. And the prophets of Baal, they, they called out and they danced and they cut themselves and they went on for about six hours and nothing happened. And then Elijah prays a very, very simple prayer and fire comes down from heaven and as the Bible describes it, it, it consumes everything, including the water. There was nothing left of the altar. A clear victory, and oh, by the way, the prophets of Baal and the other false prophets were then taken out and slaughtered by the people of Israel. A tremendous victory for Elijah in, in bringing the power of the true God into focus right there where people could see. But then what happens after that tremendous victory? The queen made a vow that she was going to kill Elijah. And what does he do? He runs. He runs and hides. He just had this incredible victory that only God could have orchestrated. His drop-the-blanket moment. And then when he's threatened by the queen, he runs and he hides. And, and you know the story. It continues to play on from there. Or the story of David. You know, David, as a young boy, a teenager, had his drop-the-blanket moment in, in front of the entire nation of Israel, basically, when he offered to go out and fight Goliath, and he ended up killing Goliath and in effect saving the Israeli army. And then turns around and spends about 10 years running for his life from King Saul. Or sometimes it works in the opposite way. And, and I think of Peter. You know, Peter talked big. He said, oh, Lord, talking to Jesus, you know, I'll die for you. I'll always be here for you. And, of course, when push came to shove, what happened? Peter, of course, denied Christ three times. When we drop the blanket, we need to leave it where it lies and trust Jesus to see us through whatever challenges we are facing. And I know that's easy preaching and hard living. But it's something that we need 
to pray about for God to be the strength that we don't have, not only in those moments of conflict, but when they are finished and we move on in our day-to-day lives, we still need to leave that security blanket behind and cling only to Jesus Christ. Mary, did you know? As we move into 2024, let's pray to be like Mary, responding with faith even when we don't completely understand what God is asking us to do. And let's try our best to make sure that the world around us doesn't miss Jesus. And as we go to break, I'll ask you this. How can we, how can you, how can I be more like Mary? We'll be right back. Grand Slam Ministries exists to glorify Jesus Christ in multiple ways through this radio show and its accompanying online digital and video components through our sister websites, danscottshow.org and grandslamministries.org and through furthering our core missions, mentorship, and providing food and other necessities to children. None of this is possible without your prayers and support. By making a gift to Grand Slam Ministries today, you'll not only help with this program and keep it on this radio station, you'll help us grow our family of stations, allowing us to bring stories of God working in the lives of men and women everywhere to a larger audience. And at the same time, your gift will help us in the initial launch of those core mission programs. Grand Slam Ministries is in its infancy. We need your support. Will you help us today? Visit our website, grandslamministries.org, and prayerfully consider a one-time or monthly gift today. And above and beyond anything else, please pray for our ministry. Thank you, and God bless. Teenage boys and young men today are in crisis. Statistics show that a home without a father or male role model present is the single biggest indicator of poverty, behavior issues, drug and alcohol abuse, criminal activity, and yes, imprisonment. At Grand Slam Ministries, one of our core missions is developing a mentorship program to teach boys how to become strong Christian men and then teach those men to be the biblical husbands, fathers, and church and community leaders the Bible calls us to be. We need your prayers, we need your ideas, and we need your support. Visit our website, grandslamministries.org, to find out more about our mentorship mission and prayerfully consider how you may be able to assist us. Again, that website is grandslamministries.org. Continuing on this Christmas Eve weekend edition of the Dan Scott Show, our 51st episode. Thank you for tuning in wherever you are, the Life FM Network on Saturdays and every place else on Sunday. It has been an incredible first year. Uh, We're just so humbled and thankful to see how God has grown what we are doing here and uh, we've got some challenges that lie ahead i'll talk about that 
coming up in just a bit. But uh, wherever you are on any of our 30-plus uh, over-the-air affiliates, on our Internet-only affiliates, both here in the States and internationally on Paisley Radio in Scotland and uh, Cross Radio in Cape Town, South Africa, who we added just a couple of weeks ago. Thank you for continuing to tune in, and, and we really want to hear from you. Uh, you know, I say it every week, but your feedback matters. Uh, dan at danscottshow.org is the email address. Social media, uh, you can find uh, on Twitter or X, Dan Scott Show. Same thing on Instagram. Uh, my uh, Facebook page, there is a Dan Scott Show page, but that's an older page. But you just look for my name, you look for my Christian uh, public figure page, or the Grand Slam Ministries page on Facebook, Grand Slam for God on Twitter. So many ways that you can interact with us. And we want your feedback. And, and as I have told you in the past, even if that feedback is negative, we want to hear it. If there's something you don't like, if, if, if you're having an issue with something, let us know. And, and we'll do our best to maybe explain why we do what we do uh, and have a, a very constructive conversation with you about it. Now, listen, I'm human. I, I want to hear the good stuff. So send that as well. But uh, we, we definitely do want to hear you. Let your stations know that you are enjoying the program. You know, we're getting some incredible numbers from our overseas listenership and, and things that I never would have thought what was possible, but the power of the internet and what God is doing with this thing, the numbers that we've been given, and I can't share them because they're protected through the, 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 uh, the, the rating service that the, the particular station is using, but it's just absolutely mind boggling. And, and, and it's a situation where it's probably the one I thought would have the least impact. And it's turned out maybe it's having the most impact. And that's why God's in charge of this thing, and I'm not. So just thank you. Please interact with us. Dan at danscottshow.org is the email address, or you can just go to the website, danscottshow.org, and contact us through there. I want to give you an update. You know, I mentioned last week that we had taken on a family to help for Christmas, and we, we took them on uh, rather late in the process. And uh, th this is just a, another example of, of uh, God's intervention in our lives and, and what we are doing. It, it's, a, it's a bit of a difficult time personally for my family right now. Uh, our youngest daughter is uh, pregnant with her second child due in the first week of January. Uh, baby Grant uh, is his name, and uh, Grant has some issues. He has a serious heart defect, among other things, and is going to have a long, hard road ahead of him. So that's been weighing on our minds and, and knowing that when he is born, it's going to be all hands on deck for a number of months to come. Uh, my dad has been in the hospital twice in the last month for extended stays. Thankfully, uh, he is doing better. And my oldest daughter has a surgical procedure coming up. So it's been a trying time for our family here 
in uh, you know the last couple of months and, and continuing to move forward. And I'm telling you that not because uh, you know I want your pity. I want your prayers definitely for our family. But I'm telling you that because in the midst of that, God provided this wonderful opportunity for us to look at Him and His power and not dwell on these things that we have no control over. You know, we talked about control in the last segment, in the drop the blanket moment. And this has kind of been a drop the blanket moment for us here at Grand Slam Ministries, my wife Angela and I, and a lady named Karen Trammell, who has been such a great friend uh, to things that we used to do with the old radio show when it came Christmas time and finding families to help and 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 providing uh, a little bit of hope in the course of, of the Christmas season. It's been kind of that drop-the-blanket moment for us to focus on God, focus on helping somebody else, and trusting that he is going to take care of everything else. He has a plan that's already laid out 100%. We don't know what it is, but our job is to be faithful and move forward. So in his providence, I believe he brought us this family that we have been working to help this Christmas season. And by the time this airs, if all goes according to plan, we will have made our delivery of everything that we accumulated for this family. And we're talking about a mother, a father, and nine children, ranging in ages from 4 to 22, who all have different wants, who all have different needs. And as I said, we got involved in this very late in the process. But God's people have stepped forward, and the donations that came in from various places, from people listening to the show, from contacts that I have in in other places, what we put out on our social media, we were able to raise enough money to be able to, for every child, get everything they needed on their needs list. And we're talking clothes, we're talking school supplies, things that are necessities. And then they all had the want list, and the older the the child, the more extensive and expensive the want list became. But we were able to get each child one or two things off of that want list. And for the parents, we've been able to do some things. You know, you've got 11 children, uh, groceries become an issue. We've been able to, to provide uh, some of those things for them and, and some counseling things that the mother mentioned that they needed. It's just been an amazing process to watch how quickly it's come together. And it's not my doing. You know, God, yeah, he's using me, I guess, as the point person for this, but this is all him. It reminds me of something we did in the old days on the radio show, but there is a stark contrast that I hope you'll see. The, the the single biggest project that I've ever been involved in happened around 2009 or 2010 when we got word, when I was still doing the radio show, the, the daily talk show, that there was a mother and three children who were living in homeless shelter and the children were isolated from the mother, uh, or, or at least the, the son was. Uh, the two daughters could be with her, but the son had to be in a different shelter because she was in a women's shelter. 
and through a local real estate agent and just the um, amazing support of the people who listen to the radio show, we were able to identify a house for rent, get it fixed up, pay the first year's rent on the house, completely furnish it, get the utilities turned on and put, I believe it was $500 deposits toward future bills on the lights and the water and the gas and everything by Christmas for the entire family. And when I say we furnished a house, not only did we put furniture in it, but I'm talking all the way down to toilet paper on, on the, on the rings, um, paper towels on the paper towel holders, dishes, silverware, just every little minute thing you can think of was taken care of. And we had a big reveal where we called the news in and we surprised the mother. And it was a very, very touching moment. And it made an impact on their lives. I know it did. For me, however, because of where I was in my life at that time, I was not a Christian as much as I tried to publicly play the humble card privately, it was one of those moments where you puff out your chest and you say, look at what I did. Look at what I was able to accomplish. And it wasn't me. It was God. And looking back with the advantage of hindsight now, obviously I know that and I can look and see the growth that I've had from that time to where I am now, certainly not a finished product by any stretch of the imagination, but just the ability to see how mentally, I guess I approached that project to fast forward, you know, 13, 14 years later, how we have approached this project and knowing that under these circumstances, that, yeah, it was a lot of individuals who have come together to do this, but, you know, stepping back with that 30,000-foot view, it's God who has orchestrated this thing. He brought this family to our attention. He provided the resources for us to make an incredible difference in this family's life, and I believe that he has done it for me personally, and I can't speak for anybody else except me, to make me focus on him and not so much on all of the other things that are going on around us, all of the, the things that I have no control over, as we talked about a moment ago. And I, I praise him and I thank him for that because it's been a needed reminder that even in the midst of struggles that we may be going through, there are other people out there who are going through worse and even in the midst of our own trials and tribulations, we can find blessings, and there are plenty of reasons to praise God regardless of what we're going through. And that's been the reminder for me over the course of the last seven to ten days, uh, not quite two weeks uh, by the time this airs. But it's been that reminder that in the midst of trials and tribulations, when things seem to be crashing in around you, let go of the blanket. Let God do what he's going to do. Focus on him and not your circumstances. 
and you'll get what the Bible calls that peace that passes understanding. That's been the lesson that I've learned or had reinforced, I guess, over the course of, of the last almost two weeks. So thank you to everyone who has helped in the project. Thank you to everyone who has prayed about it. Uh, once we uh, you know, made the announcement last week, I know it's been a short turnaround. And as we move forward into 2024, I just want to offer this challenge. If this radio show has blessed you in any way, I'm going to ask you to help us continue to be a blessing by making a contribution, a year-end contribution here in, at the end of 2023 to help us stay on solid footing moving forward. Financially, we are set for about the next five, maybe six months when it comes to paying what we have to pay for where this radio show is concerned. And I know that all of that is in God's hands as well. But God uses individuals like you, wherever you are. And, and you can be listening to us uh, in South Carolina. You can be listening to us in Alabama. You can be listening to us in the suburbs of St. Louis or Chicago. Or you may be listening to us in Scotland. You may be listening to us in England. You may be listening to us in South Africa, in Australia, where I've seen we have picked up some online listenership since we've added Radio Cross in Cape Town. So wherever you are, if this radio show, if this ministry has impacted you in any way, I'm asking you to very simply go online to danscottshow.org and either there on the front page or at the Grand Slam Ministries page, you'll see a tab that says donate to or support GSM, Grand Slam Ministries. You can click that and you can make a one-time or a monthly donation and it'll automatically generate a tax receipt for you. It is a tax-deductible contribution. We are a full 501c3 nonprofit organization. It's important that we start to get even more solid financial footing. And whether your gift is a $10 gift or a $25 gift or a $100 gift, whatever it is, please, please know that it's important. And whether it's one time or whether it is a monthly gift, it is important. And unlike a lot of places who've been doing this for a long time, we don't have a lot of resources that we can send you, books and things like that. But we do have a cool little bookmark that's a thank you from Grand Slam Ministries on one side and has the 23rd Psalm on the other side. And we will gladly send that to you or send you a stack of them if you will go online and make a contribution to help us out. I don't like to spend a lot of time talking about money and funding, but the reality is that in order for us to continue to do what we're doing, to continue to grow and to begin to put our core missions of mentorship and helping children into um, greater focus, we have got to find financing. And I believe God is going to send us the people to do that. So if he has put it in your heart at all 
if this show has been a blessing in any way, shape, or form, go online and make a contribution, danscottshow.org. Or if doing it via check works better for you, you can make out a check to Grand Slam Ministries, and you can mail it to P.O. Box 35 Central, South Carolina, 29630. P.O. Box 35 Central, South Carolina, 29630. Continue to tell people about the show. Continue to share it. Prayerfully consider making a contribution, and let's continue growing. Merry Christmas to you and your family. We will be back next week with the final show of 2023. Until then, I'm Dan Scott saying God bless you, and so long, everybody.